We're going to go ahead and dismiss our kids, uh, our children for Children's Church, if they want to go ahead and meet their teachers in the back. Uh, if you weren't here last week, we started a series, um, a little weirdly, um, we've got a ring and I'm really loud, so if you can bring me down, because um, I probably get excited the more that I go, but um, just has a tendency to do that, I don't know why. I've called it Golden Nuggets from the Epistles, and these are some passages of Scripture in the, the epistles, the, the epistles, for those of you maybe that aren't familiar with that, are the letters that were written by apostles to the early church. And so they go from uh, the book of Romans all the way through the book of Revelation, which was written by the apostle John to the churches and to us today. And uh, all of these epistles have these, these clumps, clusters of verses that are just what I call golden nuggets. And uh, somebody this week on Facebook was reading John and um, I don't remember who it was, but said they found a lot of nuggets in there. And I'm like, yeah, John's got a lot of nuggets too. And we're going to do some golden nuggets from the Gospels and some from the Old Testament. In fact, when I go through the Old Testament, we might need to go some golden nuggets from the prophets and then golden nuggets from the rest of the Old Testament because there's just so many nuggets. And we could go forever on this, but I just wanted to pull out a couple that uh, have really ministered to me and spoke to me over the course of my life and have been vital to me. And I wanted you to share some with me. And so if you've got some passages of Scripture that have resonated in your heart, mark those on your attendance card. I can't promise that we'll get them into the series, but uh, I want to maybe hear from you as well and put those together. And so last week we talked from Romans chapter 4 uh, about the people, being people who hope constantly in God. Uh, if you weren't here last week, there are copies of that available in the back. Uh, especially for those of you that kind of find yourself in some difficult situations or some situations that are against all hope. Uh, that passage in Romans chapter 4 is a powerful passage of scripture that reminds us that Abraham, when his body was, the Bible says, as good as dead, and Sarah's womb was as good as dead, against all hope, Abraham still in hope believed in God. And because of that, because he put his confidence in that promise and did not waver, as the scripture says, that means he kept consistent with it. Doesn't mean he never made mistakes, doesn't mean he never faltered. It just meant he just kept his eyes on that promise. I mean, you know, there are some days where it's everything you have within you just to keep your eyes on the promise. Maybe you don't have that problem? Anybody out there? Just this last week, I was at home. And uh, I was just having one of those days where all the bad thoughts that you can ever think just come to you. And you just, and so I'm like, here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, I just need to laugh. That's what I need. I need to laugh. So I started watching Netflix. I started watching a show that I knew would make me laugh. And the more I watched it, the worse I felt. And I was laughing, but I was like, ugh. And so finally it dawned on me, you know what I need? I need to invite Ryan Kondo over to my house. Uh, Ryan is one of the worship singers from IHOP. He's one of my favorite. And so I put him on full blast. And then I cleaned the bathrooms and the kitchen floor. And that's what I did. And I just prayed. And I prayed in tongues. And I worshiped. And I'll tell you, by the end of the afternoon, I was a lot better off. So that, for those of you that, that when you're in that place where you're just in despair, you've got to put your hope in the promise. Again, you've got to set your eyes on what is right. And you've got to focus on what is most important. And it's hard to do. But we can do it. So if you missed that last week, I shared... Uh, an interesting sermon from Romans chapter 4, and you'll want to pick that up. Romans, or 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is what we're going to do today, and uh, I don't have titles for these. They're just golden nuggets in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, and it's an appropriate one 
uh, I guess for me, because it's about a race. And uh, we couldn't have a sermon series on the Golden Nuggets and not talk about racing at all, uh, because it's so much a part of who I am. But the scripture actually can takes, in seven different times in the scripture, it compares our spiritual lives, or our spiritual walk, to running in a race. And so this is one of those passages of Scripture, and uh, we're going to pull in a couple other ones as we go through this one as well. But what the Apostle Paul is referring to in this passage of Scripture, when he's talking to the Corinthians, it was something that they could relate to, because the, the early Corinthian believers had, in the city of Corinth, they had what we could relate to as our modern-day Olympics. They had these games that athletes would sign up for and they would compete in. And that's exactly what Paul is referring to when he pens these words in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And so as we, if you're there, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24, it says this, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs or in the games, everyone competes. I mean, that could be another translation. It doesn't have to be a race and runners run. In a race, all the runners run are in the games, everyone competes. But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. And so, Father, I pray that today as we study your word together, Holy Spirit, that you'd shine a light on your word and in our hearts, that we would understand what you're saying to us today and that we would apply it to our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So sandwiched in this passage of scripture, this letter that Paul's writing to the church in Corinth, right before this, he's talking about laying down his rights as an apostle. He could have gone in and taken up rights that he, he, willingly, that he had, that they were due him, but he laid those things down. He became like everyone he encountered so that he could win them for the gospel. In other words, he, he made sacrifices to his own rights and privileges in order to gain a foothold into someone's life so that he could share the gospel with them and they could be one to Christ. Right after this passage, he's talking about the the people of Israel and how they lived their lives and the disobedience of their lives and how they became disqualified for the promised land, how many of them died in the desert. And we should understand that and apply those same principles to our lives. That's what he says. So sandwiched in the middle of that is this passage of scripture. And he really draws the two together in this passage. And I think you'll see that as we go through. But ultimately, what the Apostle Paul is saying is as believers, as Christians, those who have entered the kingdom of God, we do so willfully. I mean, no one forces us to come into the kingdom. No one forces us to lay anything down. No one forces us to run in this race. It's a willful thing. We have signed up for it. We've put our name on the dotted line. It's all our choice. No one forces us into God's kingdom. But at the end of the day, just signing up for the race isn't going to get us to the promised land. It's not going to get you to the finish line. There's something else that has to take place. And he gives us four specific commands in this passage of Scripture, just these short verses that really help us, if we're going to to see ourselves through to the finish, these are things we need to pay attention to. Number one is we need to be disciplined. We need to be disciplined. He says, don't you realize that in a race, 
Everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. Running is not the same thing as winning. I watch a lot of races. I coach cross country, and so I get to see all the kids run. And there's a difference in the body language, the face, the training, the mindset of an athlete that wants to win and an athlete that's just there to run. And there's nothing wrong with just running for fun or running just for the sake of running. But the Apostle Paul says, as believers, we can't think that we're just in this Christian race just to run for fun. We're here to run to win. And in order to do that, we have to be just like an athlete who wants to win in, the, in discipline. Paul isn't claiming that only one of us is going to get the prize. Okay, now, in a race, only one person gets the prize. In fact, our, our kids yesterday were second in the 281 conference, boys and girls, and we were talking, joking about it on the way home, and I said, someone said, yep, we were all losers. I said, yeah, but you were the first losers. Okay, second place is the first loser, so that's something right there. And so, but only one person gets that trophy. Only one person gets that plaque, that prize. Only one in the race. And spiritually speaking, we can look at that and say, so only one person gets it, and that's not what Paul's saying. But Paul's saying the same intensity, the same discipline that that person who wins has had to have throughout their training and throughout the race is the same kind of intensity, the same kind of discipline that we have to have if we're going to win spiritually. We cannot expect to just win spiritually by just hoping it happens. Hoping that, okay, we said a prayer, we invited Christ into our lives, now I really hope it works out for me. That isn't going to cut it. If we're not disciplined the same way that athlete is, we're not going to overcome. We're not going to win. An athlete enters into strict training. They have to practice. They have to run. They have to work out daily. It's not a, a, you know, well, if I feel like it today, I'll go out and do it. There has to be early mornings. There has to be strength training. There has to be changes to our diet and the things that we eat. No one gets handed a prize unless they win the race. And no one wins the race without discipline. No one has ever won a race and said, yeah, man, I didn't even train for this thing. I don't know what happened. I just, I just came out here and I ran this half marathon today and whew, I just got off the couch and felt like doing it. No, it didn't happen. There was some training that took place. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the Apostle Paul says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. It promises benefits in this life and in the life to come. Training for godliness. I mean, you've got to take this analogy and understand. An Olympic athlete, if they were training for the games, I have to be as disciplined spiritually as that person is physically. If I'm going to win the prize. And if, if we're going to be honest, if we look at our spiritual lives, for most of us, we're not in the Olympic training. Our prayer lives, our time in the Word, our focus when we're in church, our worship, our serving. If we really compared our spiritual lives, our discipline spiritually, to an Olympic athlete, it wouldn't even stack up. And yet, we would never expect the... the at the Olympics for them to, to go to the last person who, want, who finished. I mean, they don't interview the last person, do they? 
They interview the first person. But we wouldn't expect them to go to the last person and interview them and that person say, well, you know, uh, well, you know, I'm a little disappointed today, but I really didn't work that hard. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I worked out one day a week and, I, you know, I really didn't put a plan together. I just kind of, you know, did whatever and whatever felt like, when I, when I woke up in the morning, I'm like, what should I do today? And uh, just went and, no wonder you're last. That's what we would say to them, Right? But how many of us spiritually, well, you know, if I, if I have time to pray, I mean, I don't have a set time that I pray, I just, when I get around to it. I mean, I don't really know what I'm going through the word to do, but, you know, and I attend church when I can, but, you know, if it doesn't really fit in my schedule, and Sunday school, why would I attend Sunday school? I mean, we hear the word in, in church, so why attend more, I mean, one service a week should be sufficient, right? I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm just in it for fun. And we wonder why spiritually we don't soar with eagles. There's no discipline in our lives. Now, if it was all discipline and every day was a grind, and serving the Lord would be hard. But here's the thing. When we start disciplining ourselves, God's grace comes along behind us and makes the journey easy. Because we can't in our own strength reach Him. Okay? So He supplies His grace as we discipline ourselves after Him. Now, I'm not saying you earn salvation, but I'm telling you we work out our salvation. In that same level of discipline. Look what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of the world is coming soon, so be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. I mean, some of us are just hoping when the end comes, you know, that we make it. I mean, I know bad days are ahead, but, you know, we'll see. The way that these guys spoke of the end times and the sober-mindedness that they told us to have I think we're being a little lax going into it. Because there is something on the horizon that I don't believe the church in America is ready for. Because we're not entering into strict training. We're just, you know, showing up at church. Hoping for the best. <laughs> when we have a girl on the cross-country team, she never, she's always smiling. Someone's like, do you think she ever works hard? She's just always smiling. I'm like, I don't know, sometimes I wonder because she's just, she doesn't look tired. But yesterday, she almost got to that, that point. But she still smiles, so I guess she was working hard all along. She just doesn't look like it. And so you don't have to be all, you know, gritting it out like some people, but you ought to be working hard. You ought to be disciplining yourself if we're going to make it in these last days. Disciplining ourselves in serving, in prayer, in giving, in our time in the Word, in our obedience. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, my brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, knowing that what you do for the Lord is never useless. Discipline is what matters. We have just like that athlete who gets up in the morning, who trains hard day after day, consistently week after week, so we should live, pray, study, serve, give, and obey just the same. That's almost the ranger code right there. Be disciplined. Number two, be deliberate. The Apostle Paul not only says, just as an athlete is disciplined, so we should be. He says, I run with purpose in every step. Why? Because I'm doing this for an eternal prize. I'm not doing this for some trophy that's just going to sit on a shelf somewhere and collect dust and fade away. That's what a gold, I mean, a gold medal's got to be exciting. I mean, a state championship has got to be exciting. But can I tell you something? It's going to wear off. It wears off. 
I mean, I was, at the, I was privileged to be there last year when our basketball team won the state championship, and people were excited and emotional. People were crying. It was just great, and high fives. And for the first week, it was exciting. And then they put the banner up, and you're like, yeah, this is great. And now it's just like, yeah, we did. I mean, it's still exciting, but it's not nearly as exciting as it was at first. Can I tell you something? In five years, it probably ain't going to be exciting at all except the people on the team. They'll be reliving it forever. And they'll be telling their kids about it. Yeah, when I was in high school and we ran, when we played, this is what we did. We won. It was great. No one was close to us. We were awesome. And everyone will be like, I've heard this before. <laughs> it wears off. But we're not doing it for that. We are doing it for a prize that will absolutely never fade away where no moth, where no rust, where no nothing is going to destroy or take it away. For all of eternity, it will last and stay the same. So because of that, Paul says, I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not just throwing punches around. I want to land these punches. I want to be deliberate. Nobody goes into the ring and just starts swinging hard. What do they do when they box? They, they, they move, they jab, they fake. They want to land a punch. If you stand there and just throw punches at nothing, you're going to get tired and you're going to open yourself up to get one landed and knock you out. Be deliberate. Too many Christians, we're just swinging at everything and we're wondering why we're so tired. I mean, every good thing that comes down the pike, we're like, well, I got to sign up for that conference. I got to sign up for that thing, that Bible study. I got to do everything. You don't have to do everything. You got to be deliberate. You got to be led by the Spirit. You got to have purpose in every step. Just like that Olympic athlete, though, can't just say, you know, whatever I felt like doing today, that's, you know, that's what I did. That's how I trained. You know, these guys know what they're doing for months. They know what they're going to eat. They know what they shouldn't eat. They know what they're going to do for a workout in the morning. They know what they're going to do in the afternoon. They know what they're going to do at night. There's a plan to this thing. Even for high school cross country, at the beginning of our season, we've got the whole season laid out. I know every practice. And we can adjust it as we go along if people are injured or people are getting tired. But we know where we're going. And that's for an earthly prize. Spiritually speaking, what are we doing? Do you know what you're doing? Do you know what your plan is for, for, for Bible reading or for devotion time or for time in prayer or for fasting or for, for giving or for serving? What's your plan? What's his plan for you? I mean, after all, he's the trainer. It shouldn't just be what I want to do. If I, wanted to, if I did what I wanted to do, or if tomorrow morning we have a practice at 6.15, if I got there and said, okay, guys, what's everyone want to do today? None of them would pick what I had on the schedule. And every time we run hills, you know what I tell them? You'll thank me for this someday. You'll thank me. Maybe not today, but someday you'll thank me. And even if it's someday when you just learn the discipline of pushing yourself harder and that ties over into the rest of your life and then you learn to fight through some stuff in your physical life and not give up, maybe that's when you'll thank me. See, we don't just teach running. We teach how it all ties together. To live a disciplined and deliberate lifestyle in every area of our lives. If we don't have an intentional life, we will be conformed by default. Romans 12, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You will be transformed by deliberately being led by the Spirit. Here's what my prayer life is going to be like. 
I have watched people that excel spiritually, that grow spiritually, that seem to overcome, that just learn to make it in life. And over and over again, they have a plan for when they're going to pray, for how they're going to pray, for when they're going to fast, for how they're going to fast, for how they're going to give, for how they're going to serve. And for some of us, we just show up on Sunday and hope that we get something that's just going to make it through to the next day. And we wonder why we're coming in dead last spiritually. You gotta be deliberate in your walk with Christ. We have gotta live on purpose. The, the, the word says in Luke 21, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by the carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap, for the day will come upon everyone living on earth. Keep alert at all times. Pray that you'll be strong enough to stand to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Not allowing our hearts to be dulled. If you don't have a plan for how to keep your heart from being dulled, here's what, your heart is becoming dulled. I mean, if we're just enjoying life day after day and we're not recognizing that the media and the stuff and the possessions and the worries and cares of life are gonna weigh us down if we're not careful, we don't keep our eyes on the prize, we're not deliberate, I mean, come apart and be separate, says the Lord. These are seasons. The Spirit of the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness to be fasting and tempted by the devil. He was led to do that. When is the last time you were led to to come apart and fast and pray for something? I hope recently. Because if not, chances are you're just, you know, hoping that you're going to make it. And that day will close on you like a trap. First Thessalonians, be on your guard, not asleep like others. 6.15 tomorrow morning, some of you won't even be out of bed. And I'll have 11 high school students running up a hill. Why? Because they want to win. And they're doing it for a prize that's going to fade away. We're doing this for an earthly prize, or for an eternal prize. Sometimes that's early mornings. Oh, pastor, I don't have any time to pray. 6.15 looks open. Unless you're on the cross-country team. Uh, I'm not a morning person. Become one. Because your soul is at stake. You want to win? 1 Peter 5.8 Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I promise you he's got a plan. I promise you he's being deliberate. And if we're not being deliberate, he will win. What's your plan? Let's just go to the next one. Last one, third one. Not the last one, the third one. Be determined. Be determined. Be disciplined, be deliberate, be determined. Paul says now, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. You say, well, Pastor Tom, he already said discipline. And he did, but he used two different words for the word discipline. We translate it the same, but it means two things. The first time he talked about discipline, he talked about self-control or being in control of your desires, being in command of your desires. That's that discipline. That means that I'm going to pray when I don't feel like praying. I'm going to be in the Word when I don't feel like being in the Word. I'm going to command my desires. Desires, I don't care what you want. Here's what we're going to do. That's discipline. Ain't nobody that's training for anything that feels like training every day of their lives. You've got to discipline yourself. That's to be in command. The second one 
is rough treatment of the body in order to prepare it for service. Rough treatment of the body in order to prepare it for service. No pain, no gain. If you want to lift weights and become stronger, you can't just keep lifting the same weight. You've got to increase the resistance to build more muscle. It's the same thing spiritually. If we think we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and get a different result, it's not going to happen. The same way that an athlete needs to beat their body, so do we. Why do we fast and pray? Because it controls the desires of the flesh. Fasting spiritually is like increasing weight physically. It's increasing that resistance. That's what it does. There are times we cut things out of our lives that are good things, but we're doing it because we want something better. Athletes that go through strict dietary changes. I mean, there may be nothing wrong with eating those kinds of foods. But the reason they do it, the reason they cut certain things out of their diet or cut certain things out of their lives is because they're going after something better. I don't want what's good. I want what's better. That's what they say. Hebrews chapter 12 teaches us. Since we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let's strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he's seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. What did he do? He emptied himself. He laid down his rights as God for the joy set before him. He endured the cross. Why? For the joy set before him. No pain, no gain. And I know that we don't have to go to the cross, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to have pain in our lives. And some of the pain, we got to choose. We choose pain in order to grow spiritually. I choose to lay something aside to grow spiritually. I choose to throw something off because it's going to hinder me from getting what I want. And what I want is Him. I mean, people stand in line all day for the new iPhone. They stand in all day in line for tickets to the Super Bowl or tickets to a concert. All day they stand in line. How many of us would stand in line to be in the presence of the Lord? I mean, if we don't walk into the presence of the Lord daily, chances are we wouldn't stand in line for it. Because we have free access right now. We got to cut some things off. There's some media that needs to get cut off. Every once in a while, it's time to just turn stuff off completely and take a break. It's not that it's not good stuff, but I want something better. Say, well, you know, I don't feel like turning it off. Turn it off. You don't feel like turning it off, that's a sign it really needs to go off. Because when you start cutting that stuff out of your life, you'll find that you actually enjoy the things of the kingdom that much more. Philippians chapter 3, Paul says, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. I want to know Christ. Why did the Apostle Paul have visions more than any of us? Why did the, because the Apostle Paul had a desire to know Christ. 
And he was that type A driven personality that just drove him to throw everything else off and go after it. So you can say, well, I'm not that kind of personality or you can become that kind of personality when it comes to spiritual things. And you can go after the kingdom. You can seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and then everything else gets added along. Or you can go after everything else and be empty and void and spiritually stagnant. You excited? Someday you'll thank me for this. Maybe not today. And the last one is to be devoted. This is the one that is probably the most sobering. Because at the end of all this, the Apostle Paul says, I beat my body, make it my slave. I treat it roughly. I fast, I pray, I throw things off. Why does he do that? Because he says right here, otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself will be disqualified. In other words, Paul says, I recognize there is a lure of the world that dulls my spirit. And if I don't treat my body roughly, if I don't crucify my flesh regularly, I fear that I'm going to be disqualified even after preaching to others. Now, if the Apostle Paul is worried about being disqualified, how much more should you and I? I mean, the man that's got visions of heaven and seeing tons of miracles and just, wow. If he's worried about being disqualified and being dulled in a day when they didn't have television and internet, in a day when they didn't have all of the stuff that we have vying for our time, how much more should you and I worry about this one? This being devoted. Lance Armstrong. You know, 10 years ago, if I would have said Lance Armstrong, you would think differently than you do right now. Been disqualified. Why? Because he didn't compete according to the rules. He got to the place where he felt he was bigger than the rules. And look how many times he denied it. I didn't use it. I didn't use it. I didn't use it. Until it was to the point where he wasn't fooling anyone. And you know, I love to give people the benefit of the, of the doubt. And so I was behind Lance Armstrong till the very bitter end. And now I just feel duped. You remember the name Ben Johnson? Maybe you're not old enough to remember the 1988 Seoul Olympics when Ben Johnson was the fastest man alive. Canadian runner, ran 9.79 in the 100 meters. Running around that track with the Canadian flag, the fastest man alive until two days later when they stripped him of his medal because he had used dope in his system. He cheated. Didn't compete according to the rules. See, what happens is we start telling other people, we start running this race, we start throwing things off, but somewhere along the line, we get lazy. We stop being deliberate. We stop being disciplined. We stop being determined. We stop being devoted to Christ. We stop going after Him. We start, you know, just going through the motions and we stop going after Him. And because of that, we step outside the lines. We know that the Scripture says don't do something, but we do it anyway. We're not concerned. I mean, we know that the Scripture tells us to watch the words that we say, but it's open season with our tongues. We know that the Scripture says don't live a certain lifestyle, but, you know, it, it's okay. I can live that lifestyle. Because we stop going after Him. He stopped being the prize. The prize is, you know, just a, an emotional rush or, you know, just my conscience feels clean. When we start being devoted to Him and going after Him, 
We no longer worry about all those other things. And we don't drift away. That's what the Apostle Paul says. I want to know Him. Everything else is garbage. I want Him. Even the righteous stuff. In that passage in Philippians chapter 3, remember he talked about being from the tribe of Benjamin, being the Pharisee of Pharisees, being righteous and zealous. All of it garbage. Even the good Christian stuff garbage. Fasting and prayer garbage if I don't know Him. Worship garbage if I don't know Him. I don't care if it's good sounding music and it makes me want to lift my hands and I even shed a tear. I want to know Him. I want Him. I don't care if we fast and pray 40 days a week or 40 days a year over and over and over again. I want to know Him. And we can run the risk, just like the the Apostle Paul is saying here, of going after everything else religiously and not have Him. And I don't want to be disqualified after preaching to others. I want to have Him. Hebrews chapter 2 says, we must listen very carefully to the truth we've heard or we may drift away from it. In our day and age, the church today, everything, it, it goes. I mean, we are now calling homosexuality, it's not a sin. Even though it's so clear in this book that it's a sin. We're saying it's not. I mean, we gossip and slander left and right and we don't think twice about it. We stop even being concerned that we're ripping people down. We have drifted away from the truth because we don't pay attention, because we stop wanting Him. Be careful, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. Warn each other every day so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we're faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we'll share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. The Apostle Paul goes from this verse into a transition in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And he's talking about the Israelites and how they went through the prom- or came out of Egypt and they went through the Red Sea. And yet most of them, their bodies died in the desert. They didn't enter the promised land. Why? Because of their disobedience. They stepped outside the lines and they were disqualified. Don't be disqualified. I'll tell you, in my personality, right before a race, I, I think of all the rules. You know, athletes have rules that they're supposed to live by. They're, you can't wear jewelry. You've got to all wear the same matching uh, Under Armour. If you wear Under Armour and it's cold, they all got to match. And so in my mind, my stomach literally at times gets sick trying to make sure that have we crossed every T, have we dotted every I, is there anything that could get us disqualified today? Are we, you know, guys, make sure you go around the cone. Don't run inside the cone. Don't do anything. Because here's the thing. If you're just running for fun, ain't nobody going to pay attention to you. You can cut the course. You can do whatever. And no one's going to disqualify you because you're just there for fun. But if you want to run to win, you're under a microscope. And people are going to watch you. And they're going to make sure they can find a way to get you disqualified because they want to win. We've got to make sure we compete according to the rules. Why? Because we have an enemy that wants to disqualify us. And he will do everything he can to get you to step outside the lines. He will do everything. He is so good at this. He is deceitful beyond us. And if we are not devoted to Christ, he will win. He will win. We must be devoted to the end. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there's the passage of Scripture that I just alluded to. 
where the Apostle Paul goes down through. Boom, boom, boom. They did all the same things, but man, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us. As a warning to us. You know, anytime someone steps outside the lines and gets disqualified, it's a warning to us. Hey guys, don't do what that person did. Pay attention. That's what the Apostle Paul's saying. You want to win? You want to run to win? You want to receive the prize? You want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Be disciplined. The spiritual disciplines consistently in our lives are what makes the difference. Your prayer life, your time in the Word, that matters more than anything else. You and Him alone, that's what matters. Making the house of God and the people of God a priority. Learning to serve and learning to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow after Him. Those are the type of disciplines we need to have in our lives over and over and over again. We need to be deliberate. We need to have a game plan. Just like that Olympic athlete has a game plan, we need a game plan and we need to stick to it. Here's the thing. You go to a conference, you go to a retreat, the Lord speaks to you, says, hey, I want you to cut this out of your life, I want you to do this. And you're like, okay, here's the game plan, God, we're going we're gonna to stick to it. Then you go home and you no longer feel like sticking to that game plan. And so you know what we do? We're like, well, maybe that wasn't God, maybe the, you know, I just got emotional, and maybe I may... How many times does the scripture say, shh, be slow to speak. Don't be quick to utter vows to the Lord. Wait, make sure, because once you, you dig into that thing, you're going to go home, and you're always going to feel like, I don't want to do that. Let me tell you, sometimes God comes along and says, hey, I want you to go into this season of fasting. All right, all right, God. Or you wrestle with him for a long time, and then you, you go into it, and a couple days into it, you're like, was this really God, or is this just me? Is this fake? Is this, you know, maybe I should, am I, am I really gaining anything from this? I mean, I, I just want to, quit. I mean, nobody notices. Nobody cares. My life has fallen apart. I started fasting and now look, everything's even worse. You just dig in. I mean, why do we expect there's, there's not going to be resistance in a fight when we step into what God's asked us to step into? Some of you, God has told you to do something and you started it, but now you're back to doing the other thing again. Why'd you stop? Because it felt like it. Get back to the game plan. Stick to it. Be determined. Throwing off everything that hinders. Removing anything that dulls our affections for Him. Increasing the spiritual resistance in our lives so we can receive more and we can give more. That's not just financially, by the way. That's receiving more of heaven and giving more of heaven. Increasing the spiritual stamina to be able to hold it. You know, we, we take our workouts for cross country and we, we tailor them depending on where an athlete is. We don't make the JV runners run what the varsity runners run. We don't make the girls run what the guys run because the race isn't the same distance. They're conditioned more for it. Say, God, why are you using that person and you're not using me? They're conditioned for it. Say, I don't know, I think we're the same condition. 
What are they doing in their quiet time? What are they doing in their level of obedience when God says, hey, do this, and they just do it? And they don't argue back and forth with God. God, are you sure this is you? I don't know if it's really you. I don't want to do this and look stupid if it's not you. Be deliberate, be determined, and be devoted. Keeping our heart in it. It's for Him. It's for Him. You know, we sang the song today, we're hungry. God, we're hungry for more of you. And here's the question, are we? Are we? I mean, are we hungry enough today that instead of a football game, I just sit with the Bible and say, God, I want more of you. That instead of going to a movie tonight, God, I'm just going gonna, gonna to fast and pray tonight. See, now I don't want you to take what I'm saying. I want you to be led by the Spirit. Because if we're truly led by the Spirit, He's going to lead us into seasons of fasting. He's going to lead us into seasons of extended prayer. He's going to lead us into throwing some things off of our lives. He's going to lead us. If we're not throwing anything off, ask Him if He's leading us. Or we're going to lose. And I don't want to lose. You know, I love Jesus' prayer. I didn't lose any of them that you gave me. Except the one. That's my prayer. I don't want to lose any. And so I'll challenge you today with that word. Be disciplined. Be deliberate. Be determined. And be devoted. Let's stand together. As we get ready to close service today, here's what I want us to do. I want us to spend some time with the Lord. In just a moment, we'll put a CD on and give you some time. If you need to be dismissed, we'll just give you the chance to do it at that time. But I'd love you to take some time just to communicate with your trainer. You know, the Holy Spirit has been given to live inside of us as literally a trainer. To encourage us and help us day after day to stick to His game plan for our lives so that we can win. He wants you to win more than you want to win. And so I want us to take some time and I just want us to ask Him. And so I want you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, take a moment to think about this. The first question that we need to ask today is, are we running to win? Are we running to win or are we just in the race? Because there's a difference. Holy Spirit, am I today running in such a way as to win the prize? Or am I just running in the race? Help me to be disciplined. Show me where I need to be disciplined. Show me how I need to be more deliberate in my life. Show me the plan that you have. Show me whether you're leading me into a season of fasting. Show me how I need to be in the Word. What do I need to be reading today? What do I need to be reading now? What, do you want me in the Gospels? Do you want me to read the whole Scripture through? Help me to be deliberate. When should I be in prayer? Help me to carve out that time in my schedule deliberately to be in prayer. However much time I have that I can cut out so that I can be deliberate, I want to win this race. I want to be determined. Is there something I need to throw off today? Is there something in my diet spiritually that needs to go to the side? 
Is there something that's dulling my spirit? Is there something that's weighing me down? I want to win this race. Am I devoted to you above all else? Has it become about other things? Am I happy and content to come to church and to to hear a message and to go home? Or am I hungry for you? Is everything else worthless compared to knowing you? That's what we need to hear today. Holy Spirit, be our trainer today. Be our guide in this race. Help us. Speak to our hearts deliberately and plainly today. Pull the wool from off of our eyes. God, in areas where we have become dull, in areas where we have have become lazy, in areas where we've become apathetic, we need you, Holy Spirit, to come today. We need you to reveal what's truly there. We need you to show us where we are in this race so that we can be disciplined, so that we can be deliberate, so we can be determined, so above all, we can be devoted to you, so we can run this thing to win. Speak to us today, I pray. In Jesus' name. If you want to find a place around this altar, if you want to find a place at your pew, you want to kneel, you want to sit, but I encourage you before you leave to find a place and allow the Holy Spirit to speak plainly to your heart today what He wants to speak. God bless you as you go.